second part of our hormone special, we're bringing you expert tips and advice from an alternative medicine approach. Elizabeth Cullen is the principal traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, acupuncturist and founder of the Tao Health, and she has a particular passion for women's health and fertility, including amenorrhea, endometriosis, PCOS and IVF support. Today, we chat to her about traditional Chinese medicine principles and how they can help balance and support our hormones and their functions. How does traditional Chinese medicine and its principles help with hormones? Yes, okay. So Chinese medicine, both herbs and acupuncture play a really significant role when we begin to talk about hormones and the menstrual cycle. So when we talk about women's health, we talk about supporting we talk about supporting ovulation and then also coming into the period, uh, so coming through the follicular phase as well as the luteal. So as we are talking last time with the um, hormones of yin and yang, we start to talk about our yin hormones from the estrogen perspective and then we're talking about with our progesterone too of more so it's called kidney yang and, and we come upwards and create that holding action. But as um, as you know, you know, with hormones, if we're coming to a place of imbalance, Balance, and that's when, again, those symptoms will arise. So whether that is premenstrual tension or whether it's acne, then we're going to start thinking, okay, where is those imbalances from a Chinese medicine perspective within the organs and within qi and blood? So I guess it plays a role when we start to talk about amenorrhea. It plays a role with endometriosis, polycystic ovaries, heavy periods, irregular periods, and then when we come into talking about fertility and falling pregnant and recurrent miscarriages. Mm. Yeah, so how does chi and blood relate in balancing? This is very interesting. Hormones. Okay, so if we talk about blood, we talk about how is the blood leaving the body. So with education from a Chinese medicine perspective, it's really important to see the period blood in the way of is it a cherry red colour, is it a nice healthy colour, or is it looking a bit more dark and purple? Is it looking really bright and red? Is there clotting? So is there clotting and with pain or what are the sizes of the clots as well? So those side of things there is we're starting to look at where from an energetic perspective with blood and chi is it moving from the uterus so is it moving smoothly or is there a lot of pain and is there a lot of pain because the chi is moving the blood and blood's moving the chi and they're not moving together so I always say it is if you think about melted butter and the uterus then that's a really nice period flow when there's cold in the uterus and when we start to talk about that Chinese dietary therapy again we want a bun in the oven. We don't want a bun in the fridge. So we want, again, the body to be really warm. Mm-hmm. So it's that side of things of that's that melt, that's the butter that's all coiled and, and cold. And that is more so when we talk about blood clotting or it's not leaving the body properly or it's coming really heavy and then it goes really light. So, yeah. So when we speak about the menstrual cycle, what do we need to begin with when it comes to traditional Chinese medicine? Okay, so I think what we need to begin with, are we ovulating? Right. And if if we are ovulating, do we know that we're ovulating? How do we know? (laughs) (laughs) So how do we know? So I wish this was taught 
sometime earlier on in our lives when we learnt about periods and periods weren't put to the side and it was something that we hid but it's more so was something of empowerment and it was a time where we were educated which again it probably needed to be done in our early 20s as well when we had that little bit more consciousness and awareness of getting to know our bodies but with ovulation we're looking for a number of factors so we're looking for mucus changes so are we going from more so that pace into more so of an egg whitey I usually call it the sperm highway when we're talking about fertility because it's more so of a wonderful (laughs) how exciting (laughs) but we're looking more so for a a more of a gooeyness so more of a lubrication um that is a really good indicator other indicators are a healthier libido so that's those changes that I like to see over a three-month period that we're working with hormones because hormones don't change overnight, unfortunately. They do take at least three to six months to start to see some changes and we need to have that patience there as well. And that's where we need to be really mindful of that when there is the option of the oral contraceptive pill because that is an easier option, unfortunately, sometimes although is a Band-Aid. So I think when we start to talk about ovulation, the other side of things, we can internally check ourselves and see where our service is throughout the month and that can also show us the changes of when we're ovulating and when we're just before our period as well. Oh, so just yeah. going back to the pill, mm. so you're saying that if you're having an imbalance in hormones, a GP would usually recommend going on the pill to balance the hormones? So instead of just for um, contraception, mm. doctors recommend the pill for that reason also. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. So um, so hormones are hard work, which I think we know even as a, if you're a menstruating woman and or if you're not menstruating as well, we all know that hormones, we need to keep them in line with a healthy living overall in the month and, and knowing your cycle really well of when to be more kinder to yourself, which we can delve into. But when we start to talk about when there is that hormonal imbalance, because it is hard work with doing acupuncture, Chinese herbs, or whether it is supplementation, it takes a lot of compliance from your end. So very honest about that because it's that side of things of it's your health. So it's that side where it's going to take at least those three months to see those changes where that's where there is that dark side of the pill where we think and that's why the option is given from a more so a conventional medicine perspective because if you don't have a period well let's try and bring on a synthetic withdrawal bleed whereas we're going to be talking about this same problem in five years when exactly so when we start to think oh i'm ready for children and then we're looking at an issue that may have been there for well it had been there for five years but if somewhat if a woman had started on the pill at 15 to then suppress symptoms that were occurring then which again our body was giving us those gentle red flags of saying okay excuse me uh, there's some hormonal imbalance which you know it can take up to five to seven years for our body to actually adjust from menarche from when we get our first period which i think is really important Mm. to know as well so i think it's that side of things where the body's adjusting and then we put in synthetic hormones Mm. so yes it may be a quick fix but it's not it's not a fix it's a band-aid so what are your are the most common hormone issues that you see like currently currently yeah so I think top five, mm. yeah, lad, top five, yeah. yeah. So um, top five would be amenorrhea, polycystic ovarian syndrome, endometriosis, mm. dysmenorrhea, and then infertility. Wow. Yeah. Fucking nuts. Yeah. And what crazy. are your thoughts 
on the reasons behind that? Is it because of the way that we live, pollution, a mix of all those things? Yeah, I think there's a number of factors. I think we've we've spoken about the pill, so I won't give it too much screen time, but it is that side of things where we talk about the oral contraceptive pill and women come off the pill and expect a normal cycle, whereas our poor bodies, if we've been on the oral contraceptive pill for over 10 years, we're going to be zinc deficient, we're going to be magnesium deficient, but we're also starting to adjust in our bodies thinking, hang on, I've got to start using my own my own hormones now. I, you know, my hypothalamus needs to be really starting to work in now and my ovaries need to be doing some work as well. So I think there's a really high expectation on our own body of thinking, oh, well, I've come off the medication, so where are you? Yeah. Where is my period? Yeah. Or have I come into this place of, yes, I have polycystic appearance or is my body just adjusting to my hormones again and from a place of deficiency, yeah. whereas there was no time for rest? So that's, again, where those factors of our day-to-day life comes in. So fight flight. the fight or flight, we never switch off. We've got notifications here, there and everywhere with yeah. emails and social media. We're never really getting that scheduled downtime, which as a female, we need as well so it's that side of where's our yin where's the yin part of in our life because we you know there's been such a link with being busy equals success now that it is that side of things of I'm busy and it's like oh that's good but where is your scheduled downtime so and it's not being lazy I think that's yes. a I think that's a place where I think a lot of the modern women we really struggle don't you think it is such an issue it is because we go oh am I being lazy yeah you know but you guilt yourself it's ridiculous. And sometimes it's only yourself. Yes, and, and to be honest, that was my biggest struggle. And yeah. it took so long until learning with Chinese medicine that it was that side of things of going, it's okay to rest, it's okay to read a book, it's okay not to study, it's okay not to go for a run. And on those yeah. days where you go, hang on, does my body need a run or does my body need to go to yoga? Yeah. And it's that side of things of what what does my body need or what is my body telling me or say just before the period, it's really getting to know your menstrual cycle as a woman as well because it's that side of things of you are going to be feeling, you should be feeling really well around ovulation. So it's that side of time in your cycle where your libido is much better and you're finding that your pheromones of making you feel a lot better but also in appearance as well and it's that side of things of that's where you'll have more energy your mood should be better because of our friend estrogen when it's working and metabolizing well so it's that side of things of in that mid cycle are you going to the point of not pushing yourself but in a place of oh I you know I'm doing weights at the gym and I'm finding that I can lift heavier or I'm finding that I can run a little bit longer or at a better pace but then coming into that luteal phase so the second half of the cycle so from if we're talking about a day 28 to day 35 cycle if we're talking about a week before the period comes are we beginning to somewhat slow down so are we making sure especially in that week that we're getting enough sleep are we noticing when those mood changes come in that we really are bringing in our meditation and you know what today I'm feeling a little bit more tired that I'm not actually going to push myself at the gym or maybe instead of going to a hit class that I am going to go to yoga you know it is that side of things (laughs) but it is that side of things of, of learning with your cycle of those hormone fluctuations and we're all very different with that um so you mentioned before your top five um hormone issues that you you're seeing most common now can you run us through them some people may not know what they all are 
let's start with amenorrhea. Okay, so amenorrhea, so no period for over three months. Right. Yeah. Okay, so many reasons of why that can occur. Uh, if we were to break it down, we can look at amenorrhea due to post-pill. So post-pill amenorrhea, we can look at it post-eating disorder. We can look at it more so from an adrenal perspective as well. So when we start to talk about the hypothalamic axis with the ovaries as well. So um, it is more common than what we think. And we need to talk about amenorrhea from a perspective with our estrogen metabolism because over time, if we're not getting a period, then our estrogen is being affected. So the way yes. that Chinese medicine would treat this is um, with amenorrhea is more so of regulating and building blood flow and trying to activate and supporting ovarian function. So the way that we do that is there is an acupuncture needle that goes above the ovaries and it's called zigong. And it's really interesting once we begin to ovulate or once there's getting more sensation there that you will notice it on one side more than the other and once the period does return then you will start to notice most of the time per month which ovary is actually more sensitive which is quite interesting so depending on where the dominant follicle is so you'll be using Chinese herbs as well depending on what is the imbalance that is causing the amenorrhea so usually it won't just be the amenorrhea that is an issue. There will be many other patterns in the body that there is an imbalance in, whether that's from digestion, whether that's from a mental health perspective with anxiety and or depression, and then when you're coming more so into sleep patterns as well, or are you a person that has burnt the candle at both ends for three years and have been doing hit training, lost a lot of weight, and, you know, it's that side of things of are we coming to that place of building you back up? And that comes into the Chinese dietary therapy side of things too. Mm. PCOS? Yeah, so polycystic ovary syndrome. So we were just part of a trial with UWS with that one. So with that trial, that's looking at um, ovarian function and getting women to and supporting them to ovulate. So with that side of things is with polycystic ovary syndrome, we need to be talking about where we, as we talk about the spleen and dampness. So it's that side of things of encouraging ovulation, but also getting a smooth bleed. So trying to get that smooth bleed occurring through that regular cycle of a 28 to 35 days. So a lot of the time, the issue of polycystic ovary syndrome, if there's that testosterone imbalance, or if we're talking about Hirschism, so that side of things of the testosterone imbalance where we're talking yeah. about more also that hairy, the more hairiness on the face, um, that when talking about a place of getting testosterone down, but then also encouraging ovulation. So I think a lot of the time we get so focused on a period that we forget about how important actually ovulation is and then our period should come after mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So, yeah, so from the polycystic ovary syndrome perspective, we're talking about really a Mediterranean diet there as well and taking right. out dampness foods, so, again, dairy and refined sugars um, and, unfortunately, peanut butter. Oh, yeah, that's that dampness side of things there as well. So a lot of the time, again, this is where we're talking about treating people as individuals. So yeah. it, one and one or another may be a different pattern underneath, but a lot of the time you're talking about the spleen. Yeah, and why the spleen is holding the cysts. Yeah, why is it causing those cysts and not transforming and transporting correctly? Then there was endometriosis. Yes, endometriosis, Which I found so common. unfortunately, is so common. I One mean, in ten women. Wow. And it just seems like it's growing and growing and growing. 
and it's a debilitating disease. Absolutely. Mm. And yeah. because because you don't see it on the outside, people are really just not empathising no. with its issues. No, and, you know, it's such a common thing to hear, oh, it's just period pain, you'll be fine. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's a debilitating condition, which I can't remember the stats, but how many work working days are taken yeah. off a year and takes over and takes over seven years to diagnose. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so what is endometriosis for people who don't know? Oh, okay. So endometriosis is an estrogen imbalance that causes endometrial tissue to grow outside the uterus so what is endometrial tissue i guess is a good question Mm -hmm. endometrial tissue is the growth that we have per cycle so endometrial tissue is a good thing that's our period so when we have a really thick endometrial lining and we're trying to fall pregnant then that's wonderful because just like a little seed which is our egg and a little embryo settles in there and creates the roots and then blooms and becomes a little baby but that side of things of when we talk about endometriosis is when that endometrial tissue is then growing outside the uterus on places such as the bowel such as the ovaries it's coming all the way up to the diaphragm and there was even a case up to the nose but yeah and and the reason why it's such an issue is because what happens is it continues to grow so we can have as many laparoscopies which is the procedure which they take the endometrial tissue out but it grows back unfortunately so it's that side of things of how are we managing it because you can't keep cutting open a woman it's not it's not healthy and the scar tissue that it's causing as well is we need to find a cure for it. So it's just been in Australia, it's been put as one of the number one health priorities now, which is wonderful because it it was really such a silent, you know, patients were suffering in silence for a long, long time. So finally they're seeing it as a priority, but I guess where we talk about blood and chi is that the blood's stuck and why is it not moving? So why is there the endometrial tissue around the body? And when we have those hormonal imbalances, because this endometrial tissue is estrogen dominant, then when you're getting that cramping, you're in the severe pain throughout your entire body. Everyone's case is obviously different and you have that neuropathic type of pain that comes through the pelvis as well. But it, the symptoms go on and on and, you know, it's that side of things of with polycystic ovaries as well as endometriosis is that linked to anxiety and depression because it's affecting your everyday life. Mm-hmm. So it is that side of things of with endometriosis, you get a wonderful response with acupuncture. It, it was in another trial that we were part of a few years ago with Dr. Jason Abbott and Mike Armour and with that trial, that was more so to support the blood flow and to get pain relief for our patients and that is one of the most common symptoms and conditions that I do treat is pain relief with periods because even if you even if you're using it I sometimes call it as the your monthly painkiller so it's that side of things of coming in a week before your period we'll do an acupuncture treatment and it does and then after that they don't need to be taking their naprogesics or really or their painkillers yeah wow. how does that work because you um there's acupuncture points in the body that you work on the nervous system so when you're using those particular points, such as Hegu, which is large intestine four in the hand, you know how that's quite a strong point. Mm-hmm. So you use these particular points for pain relief. So with that, you're getting a neuropathic signal up to the brain, which then releases our pain-releasing neurotransmitters, such as dopamine. So that's giving us that pain relief. But what you're also doing is you're coming to the local lower pelvic region, so underneath the um, navel, and you're coming through to the local uterine environment and you're placing the points in there to move the blood. So you're preparing the body for the bleed that's about to start. And again, we're encouraging that nice smooth bleed instead of these clots. So what we'll do with a patient with 
moderate to severe endometriosis, we'll put them on Chinese herbs because there's a few different formulas that you'd use depending, again, on the reason of why the patient's coming in with endometriosis symptoms. But with that, you would um, you'd be moving the blood. So you're encouraging that smooth movement of blood instead of the clotting that's been occurring. So Is that moving, is that to do with stagnation? Beautiful. Yes. So something is clicking. Amazing. <laughs> Look at you go. So, yeah, there's traffic on the highway. Right. This is causing stagnation in chi and blood. So, perfect. Stagnation. So, chi and blood stagnation equals and can cause endometriosis. Mm. Yeah. And so, like, why is it more common? In, why, why do people get it and why don't people get it? Wonderful, que- wonderful question. We don't know. We don't know the reasons of why. Um, we're looking as far back as in utero. So what's going on? Uh, what's going on from that perspective in mum's uterus? What's happening there? And then coming through, you know, is that there's been there's like there's links to IBS, but in saying that, that's because if endometrial tissue is around the local area, then you're going to get that effect, yeah. right? Mm. But um, and then you know, then there's the talk about is it autoimmune? But they it yeah, it hasn't been. It hasn't been fully, fully proven so and investigated. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I guess it's that side of things of, yeah, we're at a place where we don't know. But the marina's been used a lot for pain relief. Mm-hmm. But, again, you know, the progesterone's there. But from a fertility perspective, you know, and, ma- and it is that management as well as sometimes we still need to be managing pain relief even though with the marinas doing the job of not getting a bleed. But, again, is it another quick fix? So, unfortunately, at the moment there is no cure, but the marina is doing is playing a role, but at the same time we need to be mindful of what we're using from a natural perspective because if we continue to use medication, then where is that going to get the body mm. as well? So, yeah. Your, yeah, your second last one was? Fertility. No, that was the last. Oh, painful periods. Okay, so kind of. Yeah, I guess just on that, um, painful periods aren't normal, if I can spread that word more than ever, is that side of things of popping a painkiller or an apogesic each month, you shouldn't be expected to do that. And just because your mum or your sister have painful periods, you shouldn't be expected to. So that side of things of lifestyle, stress factors as well, what you're eating. But if you are in a place of, first getting those painful periods now that's a gentle knock to your body saying there's an imbalance occurring Mm, really yeah so yeah it's it's definitely something especially with acupuncture look into it with your local acupuncturist just check on APRA if they're registered and if they focus on women's health and again be using that as a natural support rather than taking yeah yeah your naprogesic so use that as your painkiller yeah. And then the last one is fertility. Fertility side of things. So I guess where we start to talk about the kidney and we talk about the spleen and we talk about the liver from that stress perspective is we start to support and cultivate fertility there. So egg quality, sperm quality, we're talking about ovarian function there and making sure we're getting a healthy regular cycle. So I always recommend for patients at least three months of preconception care before you fall pregnant. And what about infertility? So, so I'm assuming that a lot of the clients yeah, are those type of things. Yeah, so a lot of patients have been deemed subfertile or infertile. And so after two years of trying, then infertile. But in saying that, 
you know, you use acupuncture and you use herbs and you do see changes and you say meet little babies, mm-hmm. you know. So sometimes, you you know, you're told that there's unexplained infertility but please dig deeper than that because if your doctor's told you that, you can always dig deeper. It has to be explained. Mm. Yeah, and if, if IVF hasn't worked for you, then a lot of the time, you know, look into Chinese medicine and look into Chinese medicine before you go down the IVF route as well if there is if yeah. there is people listening because it's that side of things of getting that support and whether that prepares you for IVF, whether you do end up going down that path, your body's built up to a place where you'll be supported. And we want, I would rather see a patient go through one IVF cycle than five mm. as well. So it's that side of things of ideally if we can prepare the body there and, you know, it's that side of things of with the research we see that if we can have a stressed and if we can relieve the stress and make sure we've got a calm mind, then we have a calm uterus. So that side of things, if that helps with implantation as well. So, and we want to be producing healthy babies too. So it is as much as it is, it's what you do those three months before both you and your partner, because it takes two to tango. It is so important what you three, what you two are doing to create that three. What you three are doing. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Crazy. Um, So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk herbs. Yes. Tell us a little about little bit about Chinese medicine in terms of the herbs and overall what their main benefits are in terms of balance, balancing hormones and how they kind of come into play. Because we've spoken a little, we've spoken about acupuncture and like touching on that topic. Yeah, but Chinese herbs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the time we call so Acupuncture is the lesson and herbs are the homework. So herbs are as important as acupuncture treatment. And with Chinese herbs, there's over, oh, there's over, I'd say there's over a thousand herbal formulas. So, and they date back 3000 years. So depending on what dynasty in China, you'll find different formulas and how they've been modified. So, yeah, it's amazing, you know, that you see the history of where masters, 2,000 years ago have poisoned themselves or whatever it may be mm. because of the wrong herbs. But that's how you tested it, right? right. But that, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, 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 I won't be doing that. But but they did the work for us. Thank you. But um, that side of things, you know, you know, it's all those different formulas that used to be used back then that are, are still being used now. So some of them, say, for example, there's um, Bensky, the wonderful author, and so Shan Han Lun, and all these formulas are very famous and, and then they've been modified. But there's many categories, but, again, how we talk about blood yin and yang but there is many formulas that we use specifically for gynecology so again are we trying to encourage ovarian function so again where would we be wanting to do that we'd want to do that with an amenorrhea we want to be doing that with polycystic ovary syndrome or are we wanting to relieve pain in that lateral phase so endometriosis dysmenorrhea or are we just trying to get a, a regular period too but if we've got menorrhagia as well then we want to be making sure that we're making those periods nice and regular as well and not too heavy so that again we don't want someone who we want a, we want someone to be able to wear white pants when they've got a period so that they're not worried about bleeding out you know so it is that side of things of making sure that we're supporting with Chinese herbs where 
Chinese herbs come in different forms. So they're these little pills and we take a fair few of those per day or we can have them in granule form, which is more so in a powdered form, or you can have them in the old school way, which is the cauldron where you cook them up. So, you know, the classic herbs that Charlotte talks about in Sex and the City a fair bit, you know. Yeah, so the fertility side of things. So, yeah, so there's a number of Chinese herbs and then you combine them. So they all have a specific energy and then you then combine them and then they then incorporate together and then make a herbal formula. So you'll modify that on particular patients and you'll also change that throughout the cycle. Wow. Very cool. It is. Yeah. So how often, so it's often that people will be on like quite a number of, or at least like two different kinds Mm. of herbs. Depending for women's health. Yes. But uh, for digestive issues, usually the one herbal formula, depending on what you're treating, if you've got a complex case and you, again, remember we're treating the root of the cause rather than the symptoms. So what's the root of the cause? And if we're trying to support hormones as well as supporting the digestive tract, then we're going to be using two different formulas maybe, um, just depending on the individual. How can we use traditional Chinese medicine to balance our hormones with things like PMS and irregularities so acupuncture wise plus herbs depending on the individual so acupuncture wise usually when someone starts acupuncture treatment i would recommend coming weekly for a month and seeing how that goes and then usually depending on the patient we may then drop down to fortnightly so just before ovulation to support that next surge so as we come from that lh FSH, so luteinizing hormone, follicular stimulating hormone, coming up to estrogen. We're supporting that first surge. And then after that, we're then supporting progesterone. So that's why I like to see a patient about a week before the period arrives, because that's where those premenstrual symptoms start to come in. So what we're talking about there is the liver. So the liver becomes quite grumbly and that's where we get that moodiness. And that's where once we start to soothe the liver and we use those acupuncture points, then the progesterone also balances out. And then those symptoms start to calm down. Mm. Yeah. Kels mentioned her appointments with you are a whole thing. They sound like, well, I mean, they sound amazing. But what is the importance of setting a mood or running through the different rituals instead of straight acupuncture, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am? Okay, great question because I guess we're not very traditional here in that way. My most important or my passion with Chinese medicine is to pass that over to you. So it's that side of things. I think education is the most important mm-hmm. part as well as acupuncture. Of course. <laughs> but We won't is, do it to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but it is that side. I sometimes teach patients if they've got, like if they're going away and they've got a bad knee and they're, they're good at doing okay. it. Okay. Uh, and you give them needles and they go do it themselves. Well, not, like, it's very rare, but I will, um, like, if, if I've got a patient who I need them to be having acupuncture every day and it's mm-hmm. one particular needle in that area, I'll teach them how to. You'll spend some time with them. I'll teach them how yeah. to do it. But that's very, very rare. <laughs> yeah, that's very rare. But um, I remember I had a patient who was climbing Everest, so I was wow. just like, oh, I, was, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was like, you've got a dodgy knee, girlfriend. Like, oh, let's, wow, let's, let's, her. yeah, and she did a really good job. Awesome. Yeah. 
yeah. So, but anyway, sorry, way off track. But um, where what we need to do is we've got about fifteen to twenty minutes in a consultation, mm-hmm. and in that time is that education side of things. So, how are you feeling within yourself? How is the awareness within your body? So, where are you at? And then digging a bit deeper into that because that's where affirmations come into as well. Because the emo- there is an emotion that then resides in each organ as well, and it's working on yes, you have acupuncture for half an hour once a week but what are you doing with all the rest of your time and is that counteracting that or is that supporting your growth Mm. so I always work on that side of things of I want to see you here less frequently Mm. does that make sense so it's that side of things of as you get better that's that's how I am that's how I am because and then you pass that on you know it's that side of things of those philosophies that you incorporate throughout your life and then you pass them on to your children because it is that side of things. Of, it's not something that you just come in for and then you go, oh, I completely forgot about it. Do you notice, Kelsey, that it sometimes comes up in your life now where you go? Yeah. My yeah. whole life has completely changed. Even in here, like, I feel teary. I think yeah. it's like an energy mm. shift and you are more mindful. I also feel guilty when I do feel like I'm counteracting everything that we're doing. I just feel... Letting yourself down. Yeah. I just feel, like, more aware of where I'm at and my emotions, whereas I always was, like, not a very emotional person. I was very, like, I don't know, hard and mean. and The walls. That kind of, yeah, like, whereas I feel like I've softened, but then I'm always, like, slow down and listen to my body and, like, I'm, like, I'll go to eat and I'm, like, but I'm not hungry, so I just don't don't eat or I am hungry when I'm not meant to be eating, like, strictly on my fast or whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's just you're more aware of what's going on and you... Want to do better? Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? For yeah. yourself, for yourself. Yeah, right. And it's it's like somewhat of it. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I see it as more of a gentleness towards health as well, mm-hmm. because it's this side of it's not. I want you to do this right now, right here. It's here's the lesson. It's a nurturing kind yes. of yeah, yeah. nurturing you through the whole experience. And I think yeah. it's education as well. Like I was saying to Jordan, when I thought that I was at my fittest and healthiest. Last the end of last year was actually when I was probably at my unhealthiest. Yeah. And I would never have picked up on that unless I had to take this journey. So it's about being thankful for the lessons that you've been taught and what you're learning about along the way. And and that's that side of things of what comes up to you in your health is it's a big question of this has been given to me for a reason and what can I take from it? Yeah. Because it, it... each symptom or anything that is given to you in life is is one of those places where we go, what am I going to take from this and, and how am I going to grow as a person? And, and it is that side of things and you then start to bring that into awareness within the body that you then, you, it's like you come into a deeper level. Absolutely. That is really just taking on the whole Eastern way of mind and, yeah. and yeah. just stepping back a bit from our Western fast-paced Busy, busy, have to be busy. Successful. Successful. Mm. Are you busy enough? Yeah. Bad busy. Yeah, bad busy. Is your eye cow full? You know. If you're not busy, are you even doing it? (laughs) But I always say to Steph, like, because I often see her after our appointments because I sit, like, I see her Mm. on a Saturday. Mm I'm always like I'm so like grounded and you just feel she's in a different space. Yeah. It's, it's a different wavelength, don't you? Yeah, yeah. She's running to, on a different yeah, yeah. vibration. Yeah, yeah. I need to like prioritize having that time after that to myself because yeah. and to cultivate going into that. something. Yeah, going into a scheduled meeting or 
your your next step in your life isn't is counterintuitive to what mm. you've just done. So I often feel like now I'm going out and I'm getting drunk or like I'm going out and I'm going to the gym or not that, but or we're going to go to podcast and even though that's fine, it it's often still too I'm, much. I need to go home and hibernate and just and just be with you and be with yourself you you know it's that side of things that I think it slows you down to allow you to sit in that place like into your body as a Mm. vessel as well and going where am I and it's it's where the mind starts to actually talk to the body and we become that whole again which a lot of the time I think we you know we're sitting so up in our mind and our body gets to that place of going excuse me I'm here too yeah and you have to take that time after I think to get your body to listen or I mean get your mind to listen to what your body is doing. yeah because I and I think that's one of the best gifts that acupuncture gives you because you have to lay there you ain't going anywhere yeah. because you've got needles in you so yeah. it's that same side of things of the first few I call it acupuncture training because those first few times you sit there you're like what on earth am I doing sitting here with needles in me and you know it's not until you allow that openness to come in and go I'm going to go with this mm. And it's that it is a, there's a lot of trust there, which that's what I really appreciate and respect of my patients to allow me to do that because it is that side of things of the first time. And I know, Kelsey, you've had, you know, a lot of opportunity to be and you've been open-minded with alternative medicine for a while. But for some people when they come in, they're like, this is so new. And to see them to develop and deep deepen within themselves over the time that they have treatment it's not just that symptom that they come in for that yeah. you know you start to realize overall just how those wavelengths change in life mm. and and that's what Dow is Dow is more of a gentle way of life and it's that path that's already there and and you know are you taking that or is there that rebellion away from it too so mm. yeah it's so beautiful yeah okay so let's kind of switch gears Let's talk, you mentioned before about diet therapy for menstrual phases. Mm. Um, Can we kind of discuss some foods that are good for balancing hormones in general? Yeah, in general. So uh, we want to talk about the kidneys. So the kidneys is your ovarian function, it's your estrogen, it's your hormone metabolism, and it's starting to talk about your gene. Okay, so again, especially in our mid to late 20s, we want to be starting to cultivate and preserve our gene as we come into our 30s. So this is where it starts to not, it is starting to decline somewhat. So we do need to be holding it. And if we're doing those kind of burning out activities and, we, and or, you know, things like recreational drugs or whether it is that you're not getting enough sleep or you're constantly stressed is that you're going to start to see that draw outwards and you start to notice greys coming earlier or, you know, it's those type of knee problems, back pain, ovulation issues. Like that's where we're saying, okay, we've got to cultivate our kidneys so and we're going to be nourishing them. So foods like bone broth, uh, hajima, which is black sesame seeds. So I love the period porridge. So period porridge is, again, using oats. And, you know, if you are gluten-free, using quinoa flakes um, and then you're using black sesame seeds, goji berries, and that's where seed cycling comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so using using your seeds more so to be supporting that menstrual cycle and then with that you know you're using that to metabolize your estrogen efficiently and then coming into progesterone as well and then when you're starting to talk about whether we talk about bone broth we're talking we are talking about red meat as well so I remember it took me ages to get my head around trying to eat red meat again because Mm. I just wasn't into it and it wasn't until probably second or third year of Chinese med that I was like hang on my periods aren't 
that great at the moment. Like, they weren't terrible, but it was outside. They were getting lighter. And I thought, what am I doing differently? I really don't have any red meat in my diet. I thought, let's do this as an experiment. Let's use red meat as medicine. And it was then I started having a period steak about mm. a week before. Right. And I talked to patients about that who, you know, they're off red meat because of the vegetarian movement. Mm. But using that, because in Chinese medicine, animal products are really good for gynecology. So, again, if we're, as long as we're being ethically ethical with them and, you know, we're making sure we're getting that grass-fed beef or lamb, then, you know, I think it's okay. Mm. Yeah, and I think you really benefit from it. So on top of that, seaweed's good if you don't have thyroid issues. Okay. Um, and then when we start to talk about cinnamon, so, again, we want those warming foods. So things like spices are really good to be adding. So cinnamon, turmeric, stay away from chilli overall, unfortunately. Yeah. So good. But <laughs> it really is a treat. Yeah. Um, Kels mentioned a theory that you have mentioned to her and yeah. I agreed that I've never thought of it this way apart from our mum saying the age-old tale. Wet hair oh, yeah. and cold feet <laughs> yeah. equals cold uterus. Yeah. What, damp hair? You're like, damp hair. Oh, damp hair. Damp hair. Damp hair. That is so dark. Yeah, it's so dark. So when IVF patients come in here and they've got little shoes, like little thongs or sandals on, excuse me, where are your socks? Where are your socks or where are your sneakers? Because it is cold feet, cold hands, but mostly cold feet and wet hair. Wet oh. hair for the uterus is not your friend. <laughs> I get so passionate about it. It's I like where old Chinese woman comes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. It does. All yeah. our mothers. Yes. Yeah. Very motherly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, um, Kelsey, you're coming for a while. I don't, I don't know before I even mentioned it. No, and then, yeah. And then I looked at you and I go, your hair is wet a lot of the time. And I said, excuse me, you know, that's a cold uterus. That's a cold no, uterus. No, you never told me. Like, shit. Yeah, so no more wet hair anymore. Are there yeah. any other physical um, physical body yeah. things like that? Yeah, I'm going to sound like a mum again, midriffs. Ew. Oh. Like crops. Is that like, because we're trying to keep our... Um, you shouldn't be wearing crops anyway. Yeah, that's yeah, true, true. So. <laughs> what year would that be? So 2001. 90s even. Yeah, 90s, yeah, okay. I just don't think a crop's appropriate. No, and it's not appropriate for the race. Why did you just look down at me like I was? <laughs> are you wearing? Are you, <laughs> Jessie, you're wearing a crop today. What are you talking about? She wears, as she wears a crop top. No. Yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> um, so your kidney energy comes in Ming Men. Ming Men is your heavenly gates, and that's between L two and L three of your oh. lower back. Okay, so you know how we tramp sometimes stamp. do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah tramp stamp area, hundred percent. How did you use that? I love that. And coming through your tramp stamp with your breath. <laughs> yeah. It was like Ming Men. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> love that. I'm gonna use I it. love how we bastardize the beauty. Of yeah, it. right. But you have to sometimes, like, you do need to get it. Like, obviously, yeah. like a lot of it sounds pretty out there, and like getting your head around chi and jing, it's like it's it's, it's it's full on. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. So I think, um, yeah, that side of things there. Wet hair, making sure your feet are covered throughout winter, making sure you are warm enough. Keep yourself warm in winter, and then in summer again, it's again temperature regulation. So no, not too many ice blocks, please. Okay. Yeah, and acai bowls. Wrap it yeah. up. It's gotta oh, go. I'm so glad you say that. Oh, I'm so over it. <laughs> what is the draw to this? Tell me about it, right? Also, they're full of sugar. sugar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, full of sugar. And you just go, and all that random banana. And then sometimes it's peanut butter. I'm like, that would be so much better. Lots of honey, lots of granola. Just have a little bowl or like 
Yeah, it's bloody a period porridge. It's so much cheaper as well. It's great. So, yeah. Okay, so I guess to wrap up, is there anything else that you, or is there anything that you would want to recommend to someone who's having hormonal issues or fertility issues? What kind of would be your little piece of advice? There is always hope. Okay, there is always hope. And when I say it's not that positivity hope, it's realistic hope. There is other options. Please explore it and always question that first and second opinion. So that's number one. Have trust within your body. Be kind to yourself. There is one body that you get and as a female you need to get to know your body really well. Mm -hmm. It is a gift and loving those parts of you that you do feel somewhat uncomfortable with. Don't you want to cry? Yeah. That's what my (laughs) eye was doing before. (laughs) But it is. It's learning that trust within yourself. And, like, look, my main gal pal, Sarah Blondin, if I can pass her, it's like a cult. If I can pass her on, like, she's on Insight Timer and she just the way to get to know know yourself, knowing your wealth and worth and knowing your value and coming from that place of kindness helps with being responsive rather than reactive. But from that more other perspective, um, get an app, get a period app, please start tracking your period. Please start getting to know your menstrual cycle because it will change your world because if you know your hormones, you will know how you will respond to environments and when you need to look after yourself. And I think the most important one for all of us to learn and to really incorporate is scheduling that downtime. Yeah, and don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty and you're not being lazy. Yeah, and explore that feminine energy. It's yeah. wonderful. You could be it's a bad wonderful at place. Being busy. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. And also, if you're being busy with what you're passionate about, sure. all about it. But just bad and busy, and then underneath schedule downtime. Yeah. I think we uh, just make ourselves busy for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah. It. I'm and, trying that. But yeah. I hope yeah. that you're all picking up on the energy that Liz is putting out because I'm sure it will come through. Uh, your AirPods or wherever you like to listen. So thank thanks, you. Liz. Thank you so much for having me, girls. Let's all go for Thank downtime. you.